Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, Ray, Bird. Very passionate. Bird, Ray, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Come on, an unbeliever. everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Yeah! What's up, Jet fans? Also, ready to tear it up this week. You know him, you love him, the majestic beast. The big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. What's going on, everybody? And we are lucky enough this week, uh, this is a guy I've been trying to lock down for a while, people, and he's the epitome of everyone listening to this show. I know him as the most miserable Jets fan in the world, Michael Milano. Thank you for joining us. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Just so everyone knows, Mike, the first game you went to, remind everyone what that game was. Pretty sure we all remember that time we were beating Miami 24-6. Fake spike game. Mike was a Jet fan long before that. He goes to that game. He finally gets to see his team live. Just so you know where this guy's coming from. His basis of misery. He's seen all the same things we've all had. But the first game he went to, you got beaten down. Dan Marino, I think it was 1994. I was there in this building too, Mike. I remember walking out of the game asking my dad, what just happened, dad? And my dad looked at me and he just said, Dan Marino, son. You know, and I'll never know what that feels like to have a quarterback so good. Someone could just say the name, and that's the answer itself. Not an easy life, Mike. We were talking about this during the week. But as Jet fans, when you're out in the universe, a struggling team, struggling franchise, which we'll get into, continued last week. We're going to speak about that in a minute. But when you see another Jet fan out in the world, you do feel a kinship. You feel a camaraderie because you see someone else out there that you know has been through the struggles and the torment and the torture. And Mike's one of those people. So once again, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. All right. Guys, week two. Week two. I cannot wait to hear what Michael Garris has to say. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and just flip out again like I did last week. Mike, I got a little angry, got a little hot under the collar about Adam Gaze. There's no reason to do that this week, right? We all know. We all know the situation. It's like when you have a crappy car and it continues to break down. The twenty-fifth time it happens, you're not even mad anymore. You're just like, this is my fault now. I'm the idiot. And last week is more of the same first. Play of the game, Mike! You can't be serious, man. Right down the sideline for Mostert. You cannot be serious! And that's the epitome of this season so far. You have hopes, the game starts, kickoff, uh, maybe this week will be different. No, it wasn't any different. 31-13, we end up losing. We're going to talk about the game in a second, Mike, but I just want to hear what you got to say, buddy. Overall thoughts of last week, Gase, the Niner game. Sam, what do you got, Mike? Overall for the season, how long, how many seconds have the New York Jets been leading this entire season during any game? I think it's zero. Zero! How many seconds of the season have the New York Jets been tied? Nine minutes and 23 seconds. Yeah, they, just the just rest that of the beginning it, of the Bills game. The rest <laughs> of it, they've been trailing. You know, the last time the Jets started 0-2 
with over 150 yards of penalty uh, yardage uh, was since 1995. That was the last time they started the season this bad. And the last team to actually do it were the Lions, led by Marty Morningway. These are stats provided by Michael Nania from JetX. Just just goes to show you where we are currently. And there was a recent poll I, I asked. Uh, I told Keith about this. Um, circling around, I know there's the, the, the protests, the gays protests, which are absolutely warranted. There was a, a poll going around. Had about 10,000, 12,000 respondents. 97% of Jet fans in this poll wanted gays fired. Now, now, I just want everyone to think about that. Like... 97% of human beings don't even agree that the earth is round. <laughs> Do you understand how hard it is to get people aligned on one concept? Oh it's, it's, it's really difficult. Even the most basic things, like the sun rises in the east, you know? Yep. yep. 97% of Jet fans in this poll want Adam Gase fired. When you have a coach kicking field goals when you're down by more than two touchdowns, when you're third and eight and you're throwing dink and dunks and you know you're not going to get a first down, when your quarterback can't even call an audible at the line on a fourth down, what, what are we doing here? And, and, and this whole narrative, obviously, around Sam struggles, Sam has struggled understood in that bills game i was very 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 upset in what i saw but last week uh given the fact that he was throwing to malone and barrios for a second because hogan was down all those players were down whatever mm -hmm. sam had the seventh highest qbr in the league last week and there were people saying nick mullins was better than him actually nick mullins posted a 2.3 qbr with a 51 percent 51.7 quarterback rating. Sam had a 90.5 quarterback rating. And I understand the last drive. They want to say it was garbage time. Understood. That play, that throw to Berrios, was that just shows you there yeah, sure. the kid. Like, that. that's what we're talking about. Like, not, most quarterbacks aren't doing that. You know what I'm saying? Adam Gase, is the, it is clear, like uh, we talked about before, it is clear that Adam Gase is the problem. He's the biggest worst decision that this franchise has made and uh at this point i'm not angry i mean the first play pretty much it was over after that and i'm just gonna sit back and watch this debacle happen i understand that this is something that joe douglas hasn't put a lot of uh, effort into as far as putting resources and money he's kind of did a bunch of one your contracts seeing what sam does and it's a wait and see approach and okay so we'll sit here and let the world burn because we look like the worst team in the league we were ranked 31st the dolphins were ranked 32nd i'm watching the dolphins whoop on the jacksonville jaguars right now we're worse than the dolphins we're the worst team in the nfl and it's not even close mike if i could just uh second a point you make before we get to our buddy the most miserable jet fan in the world you made a couple good points there one of them one of the forgotten aspects of the jets play aside from the fact that they have looked very disappointing on defense. The offense obviously has been underwhelming. We're right where we were last year, last and everything, is the penalties. And that's often a sign of a team that's not disciplined. After the game, Bradley McDougal 
Avery Williamson. They questioned some of the Jets' practice habits, how practices have been. The practices have been slow. And when asked about that, Adam Gase said, oh, I didn't hear about that. I haven't even looked at a web browser this week. I mean, this dude is beyond out of touch with his team. When asked, after the game last week, now, now you have your players openly questioning the practices. Not the best place to be in. And also... I, when I was looking at ESNY, there's an article by Kyle Newman, Mike, that I read this week on the website. that, And he said that, you know, Becton's the ninth highest ranked offensive tackle wow. in the NFL right now by PFF. Are you serious? Ninth highest ranked offensive tackle by PFF in the league right now is wow. Makai Becton. Now, so you awesome. say to yourself, okay, now Makai Becton's the ninth highest ranked offensive tackle in the league. Um, through the first, just the first couple weeks, I get it. Now... His strength is run blocking. So far this year, this kid has been destroying people. When we Decimating. Now, Decimating. And he, here's a little breakdown for you people just to understand Adam Gase is our coach. We run the ball. This is according to Kyle Lanuma. I read this on ES, ESNY.com. Uh, at least Sports New York. Everyone go on there. Check him out. Mike, we've run the ball up the middle 78% of the time. Oh we've run the ball. <laughs> Listen to that. So 78% of the time when the Jets run the ball, we're doing the exact same thing. Which isn't hard to tell when we watch the games, but when you see it quantified, it blows your mind. We've run off tackle 3% of our running plays this year. We've run the ball to the left side of the line 18% of the time. We have a left tackle that's dominant, but we've run to the left 3% of the time. We're averaging two yards a carry as a team. We're averaging six yards a carry when we run the ball to the left side of the line where we just drafted a monster in the first round, yet we don't do it. If you want a number, if you want a small little tidbit of a thing to put away in your mind to understand why this guy's such a bad coach, take that number of what I just said and understand this is the strength we have. It's the thing we go to the least. Yeah. Just just that's the perspective I want to put well, out for everyone. Yeah. And, and they have the worst first and they have the worst first half scoring margin in the NFL, negative 36. They're outscored 42 to 6 with zero touchdowns in the first half. What else is there to say? I mean, <laughs> Mike, what do you think? I know you're, you know, you're perpetually miserable when it comes to this scene. I know last week didn't help at all. What are your thoughts about the game versus the well, 49ers and how we looked? Third and 31, they were on the backup quarterback. Probably the second center of the game, third center mm-hmm. of the game. I lost track. <laughs> third, third running back. Was it the third running back? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So just checking, yeah. right? Because the, the the two guys that they intended to play weren't available. Yeah, so. Mostert went out and Coleman went out. You're right. And like easy. I don't even think anyone touched him till the till till he was past the first down marker. So I mean, I'm sitting there at my kid, ten years old. He's giving it a swing. He's trying to get into the Jets. He's like, Dad, what happened? I'm like I have I have I have no idea I, I'm at a loss, but that's what that is our team in a nutshell. And, and I was thinking about it. We were always given at the end of every decade a handful of good years. Parcells gave it to us. Rex Ryan gave it to us. And these guys, not a clue, right? Not a clue. We've sucked eight years. I've lost track. What Nine is it? Eight years in a row. Nine. No playoffs. Yep. Nothing. Like nothing. And Sam Donald actually looked pretty decent, and fourth down, he's not allowed to audible out. I mean, the whole thing 
is shambles. It's a joke. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is this is. We're gonna do it again. So we'll try again, right? Yeah. Like we're gonna try again. Yeah, that's the position we're okay. putting ourselves right. in. And if you want, if you want to think about generational sadness, the beginning of the show, I spoke about me looking at my dad when Dan Marino did the fake spike Mike's first game and saying what happened, and then you think about Mike the other night, his son watching the game, looking at him and saying, "Dad, what happened?" What happened? That's the Jets. Twenty years apart, this thing happened. He never looked at me. He was like, "Poppy, why are we watching this?" He said that to me in the third quarter. He said, Poppy, why are we watching this? Because they were getting destroyed. And I, I just looked at him and I'm like, Elijah, the Jets are on. And he's like, just shakes his head and turns his iPad on. What am I supposed to say to him? Yeah. I can't say anything to my son. They're terrible. I, I can't. I, I'm not going to force a child do this. Yeah, and the situation. Uh, the situation with Sam and the fourth down and not being able to audible out. When asked about that, I know you guys both saw this, Mike and Mike, Gase's response was, if we executed the play that was called, it wouldn't have been a problem. That You want to talk about zero accountability? Oh my God. This dude, at no point ever is he... I, I understand if you continually blame yourself, you're setting yourself up for an owner or someone to go, hey, even you said you didn't do good week. XYZ. I get that. These guys try to protect themselves. They're like politicians in a way. I get it, right? But at the same token, dude, you, you can't be this dense of a human. I understand he said he hasn't opened up a web browser in two weeks. He just lives in a cave watching football film every moment of his life. I get it. That's great. Wonderful. Isn't helping the Jets at all. But be in touch with reality. When someone asks you a question on fourth and one, and you say, oh, well, if we executed the play right, you know, it would have went, it, it would have. If you execute every play theoretically right, it would work. It's the dumbest response I've ever heard a coach have in my life. It was third and one, you ran it, it didn't work. Fourth and run, you ran it, it didn't work. And you say, hey, well, if we just did what I called correctly, it, you know, then they would have been fine. As if this guy's a genius and the Jets players are so incompetent, they can't figure it out, Mike. Can we talk about Chris Herndon? In 2018, Chris Herndon was the fifth highest at tight end for his average depth per target. I'm not even talking about catching it. I'm talking about where the play put him so that he could receive a catch. It was average of 10.6 yards, which was fifth highest in the NFL. Right now, he's at 5.7 yards depth per target, which is 23rd out of 35 tight ends. And this guy was considered to be a unicorn. Now, I still think Chris Herndon has a lot of talent, but it just goes to show you that Adam Gase does not understand how to utilize and get out the most value from the talent that he has on his team. And you can just see it by the way the players are executing and how the players execute when they leave Adam Gase, a la Ryan Tannehill, aha, uh, 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 look at uh, Robbie Anderson, look at Devontae Parker. Look at, I mean, we could go down the list on how many players are looking so Kenyon great. Drake, yeah, there you go. I mean, there's so many of them. So, you know, a lot of this whole, yeah, Sam and everything, you know what? I, I And I, I don't know yet with Sam. I, I'm. It's unfortunate. I can't say yes or no on him or Herndon or whatever. We need Gase gone. And I think the moment Gase is gone... I think we'll see some sort of a change, and I'm just hoping that that 
comes sooner rather than later because I'm convinced when I look at these statistics and I look at these players, I mean, it's just, it's undescribable, man. Yeah, and you'd think, Mike, with the amount of injuries that we have um, at wide receiver, I think all of us Jets fans kind of thought that Chris Herndon would be getting a bigger share of the targets. He'd be a big weapon for us. He'd be utilized a lot. I read today he's 26th in the NFL on total routes run by tight ends. So, you know, for a regular starting tight end in the NFL when all the wide receivers are injured on a team, you figure he'd be out there all the time. You figure he'd be out there top 10 in routes run. Instead, his target share is right around 16%. Um, We know last week, one catch, five yards. What was more crucial to that is that when there was a glimmer of hope in that game, you know, I shouldn't even say glimmer of hope, guys. When there was a chance for us to even on the scoreboard make it look respectable, maybe we can, maybe they can make a mistake and we can back ourselves into getting this game close. Sam throws a pass, to, uh, you know, he kind of scrambles out Sam. Tough, not the easiest catch in the world, but puts the ball right on Herndon in the end zone. You know, he's kind of falling out of bounds and it, he just drops the ball, bounces yeah. right off his chest. I mean, you have to make, when we're in a situation, the Jets, where it's hard to move the ball, where chances are few and far between, and you're being relied upon to make plays because we don't have a lot of guys, you can't drop that ball. You can't no. drop that ball because no. you catch no, that no, ball, no. I mean, you know, it's only one touchdown, guys, but it just, for us right now, one touchdown seems like so much because it's so hard to get the ball in the end zone. We're, Two we're of just our looking for anything. Here are just garbage time touchdowns. Yeah. We're just you know, looking we for We're just looking we for actual, We have one real actual drive. The other two, garbage time. They don't even count to me. You know, so we, we have been struggling to say the least. You know, Sam, like you said, Mike, 21 for 32, one TD. Don't really think he was the issue. But then you look at Gase and you see that Gore got, I know maybe P. Ron was limited last week, so maybe that's why he didn't get enough burn. But only three carries for 17 yards for him. Um, and you see with the past, the the previous history. Oh, let me ask you, Wookie, since you haven't been able to weigh in yet. Do you think yeah. previous the previous history with Gase, which is well documented because we're all in fantasy, we know Kenyon drank other guys. He doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason when it comes to how he uses his running backs. At least one any rhyme or reason that makes sense to any normal football fan. Kenyon Drake sat on the bench forever with the Dolphins with guys ahead of him that weren't nearly as good. Barely got used. Made sense to no one. He was just basically used on third down. Do you think? Look, he's going to be in the mix. Do you think he's someone you can even count on for carries or with Adam Gase as the coach? There's just no way to know. Well, the, that last part you said with Adam Gase as the coach is, is the key to that question because, I mean, obviously he should be. He should be involved. You you, you would you, you would assume that a coach would try to get him involved if he's, if, if he's healthy. Uh, there's talks about him being the potential starter there at some point. Uh, yeah. The Jets like that, that much. So... But, again, you said with Adam Gase being the coach, so you can't logically think that that's going to happen. That's fair. That's a good point. And, like, last week, P. Ryan, even though he they said maybe he wasn't fully 100%, Mike, he had one carry last week where he ran for 10 yards, which when I watched the carry, I was like, damn, we haven't seen a guy look that fast in a long time, like, on the screen. He got up to almost 18 miles an hour on one of those runs. And we have Gore as the other option. He's 500 years old, even though last week he was able to move the ball. What's funny is Gore last week, 21 carries, 63 yards, not that that's earth-shattering numbers, it's not, but we have been so bad on offense, we have been so putrid and pathetic, that even seeing a running back just get 63 yards look good to us. I know. That's how bad we're, we're that's looking bad for we any, We're looking for anything, but I'll tell you guys this. One of the really major highlights for me when I walked away from this game that made me feel a little bit good inside, two sacks 
Three tackles for a loss. Five tackles in the backfield. Quinnen Williams was a monster. On oh, Sunday. he was huge. Quinnen had, I would say, Mike, we spoke about this during the week, and I'll let you continue. This is probably, would you say, probably his best game he's ever played? 100%. I saw what I've been waiting to see. That is the disruptor I've been looking for. And he looked, Leonard Williams never had a game like that. Never, never had a game no, like that. No, Not like never, that. Never. He never. was all over the place. Tore down, I mean, Garoppolo's kneecap got blasted. Oh, we're not even going to talk about Wesco tearing the eighth ball. Oh my God! Now I mean, I don't want to. I don't, don't want to hurt you. Oh, we'll get in. I mean, that's one of the things we haven't gotten to yet is the fact that we basically lost to the the 49ers JV team. Right. Sherman didn't play. Kittles didn't play. Um, Jimmy G went out. Bosa went out. Solomon Thomas went out. Mostert went out. Coleman went out, and we still got spanked. And we still got spanked. That's, but- that's where we're at as a team. When we just put it in perspective, the 49ers put out the JV squad, and they destroyed us. And, they and destroyed even when they put Mullins out there, away. they pulled you know, away. They all came, all the scrubs came in and they pulled away from us. Yeah, and Mike, exactly. And they, they came in, they put Mullins in. All they did was say to Mullins, hand the ball off and make these super easy throws. And their de- offensive line did a really good job against our defensive line, aside from Quinnen. But it was nice, Mike, it was nice, like you said, to finally see Quinnen flash because we were not happy with him last week. It seemed like this year he was coming in, going to have a big year. But two huh. sacks for him is huge. Yeah, it's a couple huge. more and I, hits. And I was seeing him. He was just he was wrecking havoc at that line. I was I was lasered. What was crazy is on this game, I was li- starting off. I wasn't watching Sam. Usually, I'm all over Sam, or I'm, I'm watching. You know, I was laser focused on Becton and laser focused on Quinn and Williams. I watched every single play and to start the game off. And I I texted you this. I'm watching Makai Becton. I saw what he did last week against the Buffalo Bills. He did good. And then this week I said, you know what? He's up against the reigning defensive rookie MVP. I'm going to watch him play up against Joey Bosa, and he handled him. I know he wasn't playing. He didn't play the whole yeah. game. But the to- he handled him. Every play, his recovery is unbelievable. Yeah. It's Absolutely. unbelievable. I said, oh, and that was you before love Travis, Travis Wesco hit Bosa with a rock bottom. If anyone remembers the rock's old finishing move. I didn't know that was a league NFL maneuver, <laughs> but he got hit with it and his season's over. And I feel bad. I mean, it was worse but, than Blesson Austin against Renfro. It was bad, Keith. That yeah, Blesson played actually, especially the first half of last week, he played pretty good Blesson. But even just getting back to Quentin for one second, then we'll move on here. Like Mike said, he had seven, seven total tackles, two sacks. Four of his tackles are for a loss, and he had two other QB hits, which could have been sacks. So he almost had four sacks. I mean, that, like Mike said, that type of disruption, two sacks, two other QB hits, four tackles for a loss total, that means you're in the backfield. And I understand they had injuries when it comes to their offensive line, but it doesn't make a difference. You want to see him disrupt, and that's what he did. Brian Poole played pretty good. Neville yeah. Hewitt played a pretty decent game. Another sack out there for Jordan Jenkins is always pretty solid. It's, it's a tough situation with Sam because of his coach, but... I just want to know what Sam really is, and it's hard to tell with the personnel we have and the coach we have. And I don't know if that's going to change anytime soon, but I do know small gathering of Jet fans were out there today. I wanted to be there. I could not join all those Jet fans. But Jet fans are very vocal when they don't like a coach or they don't like a player or they don't like um, certain personnel on the team. This is no different. And I, I don't remember in my time, and I want to ask Milano this, do you remember since Rich Kotite, any coach having this level of blowback? There's been no one... As bad, right? I mean, you got Man Genius, who's, uh, 
couple good years. You have Rex Ryan. No yeah. one was this bad. Nobody was this bad. No. He, there's nobody. And he doesn't. We're unprepared. We never. Uh, think about it. Our, our offense, like just eye test, thinking back to those last four games with Todd Bowles, our football team played more competitive football than they have any games. I mean, obviously they played pretty well the end of last year, but just saying, like, you put it all together, it just doesn't add up. doesn't make sense. Yeah, they played good the end of last year, but it was in spite of the offense because they went 6-2 and two, and we had the worst offense in the league. Adam Gase last year, and this year defense has not played great, don't get me wrong, but you remember how he completely removed himself, just like people criticize Rex Ryan for doing when he came to the offensive side of the ball? Adam Gase removed himself from the defensive side of the ball when it came to coaching. That's yeah. completely, 100%, Greg Williams' department. And that was the only department of the team that had any success. And we think about it, right? Like, I, we, as Jet fans, uh, for us, us 40-year-olds, give or take, what, long for the Rex Ryan days. Isn't that sad? You know, yeah. like, that's, it that's is. the best we but were let me, ever let me, given. But let me, let me ask you a question. With Given the situation, okay, Sam QBR is a great stat because it encompasses all different types of inputs right sam is 29th in the nfl in qbr with a 44.5 better than tom brady kirk cousins carson wentz and dwayne haskins his quarterback his passer rating at this point it is currently uh he is ranked where his oh he's there he is he's at uh he's above baker mayfield Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Daniel Jones. Damn, I didn't know he was all the way down there. Daniel Jones. <laughs> sorry, look, sorry. All right. Car Carson Wentz. What's up? Is Carson Wentz a scrub? Carson Wentz Carson and Kirk Wentz Cousins. Going to Kirk Cousins is at the worst. So, say, I want. I'm just trying to go out. Oh, and the one who's right above him is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray and Sam Darnold have exactly just the same passer rating. So, I just want to put in the context: the worst coach, all this crap happening, and he's outperforming, you know, Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz. And even though it's two games, and Tom Brady, and yeah. Tom Brady won with all those weapons. So you got Tom Brady with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, everything given to you, and Sam throwing to Berrios and Malone, and Sam has a higher passer rating and a higher QBR through two games. And I know. I mean, what, the... you, what are we going to say? I mean, but you the, know, that that's it. The logical thing would be to get rid of. Adam Gaze let <laughs> but let Williams coach the team because he did it with you know with um, Cleveland. So you and then you could see what you have in Sam. And if they're absolutely the the problem with it is we probably win like five or six games, right? So, but right, at the same right. time, that would be the logical thing for us to do. Of course, and it won't it, it won't happen. Everything Adam Gaze touches, like you said, with the Dolphins, and then so far his tenure here with the Jets, just seems to be he's just toxic. 
everything he touches just it's once players leave him they reach their full potential and when they're with him they do the opposite they regress or they're just not nearly as good as they could be and Sam this year is actually almost at 63%. You know, she's thrown a lot of short passes. He only averaging about six yards a pass. I know, but I know. two TDs, one in. Um, he's been sacked four times. His QB rating is about the same as it was last year. We wanted to see an improvement. Um, coming off that first game, I think people would probably expect his QB rating to be a lot lower. But we know what the problem is, guys. And it's pretty obvious now. Last year, it seemed sometimes like almost... Um, silly to talk about firing culture after his first year. Oh, the Jets went 7-9, to nine, this and that. But, you know... When a coach shows his worth, when a coach shows his value to a fan base, to a team, isn't when you have every single player and everything's perfect. It's when things aren't going right. It's when you have injuries. It's when the chips are down. It's when you have to be creative. Those are the times when you see a good coach and a bad coach. Last year, the Jets had Sam have mono. They had, you know, their offense maybe had some limitations, but times are tough and you have to be creative and maybe you have some injuries. That's when you see the good coaches. Adam Gase was one in seven last year, the first eight games. The second half of the year, the schedule got a little easier. The defense kind of pretty much held, held it down. They, they had a few games they played pretty decent, but when the smoke cleared at the end of the year, we were the worst at everything. And the department he's in charge of is the offense. So everything he's in charge of was the worst. Everything he had nothing to do with last year, a la the defense and special teams, great. So anything he touches is horrible. Yeah. So we know the problem. You know, it's, it's obvious. Dude, I it's so to me, it's so clear. Fire Gase, make Greg Williams the head coach, and put Jim Bob Cooter in as the offensive coordinator. Do you know from 2015 to 2018, Jim Bob Cooter's Lions scored on 36.8% of their drives, which was ninth best over that entire span. In that same span, Gase, 25th, 29th, 29th, 32nd, and 31st. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, we have Dowell Loggins, technically as our offensive coordinator. He's obviously, he's just a patsy, jabroni uh, clown who sits there and says like he's Because Gase is the obvious OC, he calls all the plays. But yo, let's get out of this misery though. Let's segue into a possible hope, a glimmer of hope, Mike. A chance to redeem ourselves and get out of this funk. The New York Jets, Indianapolis Colts, coming up this weekend. Let's go. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. Jets Colts week three coming up. First two weeks, not that good, as we've documented. Another chance to redeem ourselves. Another chance to win this weekend up against the Colts. Mike, I've seen some of these sports books that have the Jets as 11-point underdogs. 11-point underdogs to the Colts. Now... I'm not saying the Colts are a bad team. They're not. They're a very well-rounded team on both sides of the ball, right? But the Colts are not the Chiefs. The Colts are not the Ravens. The Colts are not the Packers. The Colts are not a team that people look at as a dominant force in the NFL. And they are 11-point favorites over our squad right now in Vegas. That's where we're at. Week three of the NFL for the New York Jets. That a pretty (laughs) decent team is favored to bank us as if they are literally <laughs> one of the greatest teams in the NFL. That's okay. where we're at, Mike. What I'll, I'll be checking matchups like I did against San Francisco and one matchup that I will be salivating to look at will be Quinnen Williams coming off his best game of the season up against Quentin Nelson. 
Now that's now that's a tough just like Makai versus Bosa. You got a tough one with Nelson. You know, that guard they took. Remember that guard that they oh, took? Oh, I know how they got him that they traded yep. they traded the pick to us and they ended that's, up taking Quentin there, Nelson. There you go. So we're gonna see Q up against somebody, you know, you know, definitely a, a formidable foe on Sunday. We'll see what the deal is. And then you're going to have Philip Rivers there. I really like that tight end they got. Moali Cox. Moali Cox. He That guy can catch. He, he looked really, really good last week. So Marcus May tried to do the best he could with Jordan Reed coming off half torn up ACLs and still catching touchdowns. Uh, um, so I'm a little bit worried there, but you know what? The 11 point underdog thing, I don't blame them, man. And honestly, I'm expecting a bloodbath. I'm walking Sunday. I'm watching the game because I'm a Jet fan. I'm gonna watch the game. But Mike Milano, um, I know that Key tells me you're the most miserable Jet fan. I'm right there with you, bro. I'm. I don't expect anything except destruction. Uh, when Jonathan Taylor closes his eyes Saturday night, he's going to dream about, what, a three-touchdown game tomorrow? You know, right? Like, I mean, is anyone going to even get in his way? Ele- 11 points and there's no fans. Right? Like, there's no fans. 11 not points. Even, yeah, like, you usually get a three-point bump when there's a home team because yeah, of those yeah. fans. There's not even fans. There might be 14 points if there was fans, Mike. Exactly. So just think about it. Glimmer of hope you stated prior to this segment. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, when I you think made... about the fact that Mostert, I mean, he ran for 80 yards on one play, that he looked like Gale Sayers last week, and now <laughs> we're going up soul. against Taylor. We're going up. I mean, arguably just as good of an offensive line, if not better, than the 49ers. I know. And um, Taylor's a young guy, but they don't have any max, so you know he's going to get a ton of touches next week. Hines is a pretty decent running back as well. They have Pittman. Um, they haven't really looked too much at Hilton's way, but you know Hilton's always tremendous receiver. They have mm. a really good offensive line on defense. Darius Leonard, they got Buckner from the Niners in the offseason. They have Houston. So their team, unlike our squad, when you look around the team, well-rounded team. Okay, they have Rocky Sin, one of the great, one of the other greatest names, the corner of all time. I don't know what's name. Tremendous name, but they're one-on-one, big win last week. And Rivers is averaging almost 300 yards a game. So... As old as Rivers is, and as much as we make fun of him, and Old Man Rivers, which is the perfect nickname for him, etc., he could still sling it. He's still fairly accurate, and he has a decent um, offensive cast out there. And like Mike said, is there any reason after those first two weeks for us to go into this game with optimism? Of course Well, not. there is one. There is one. You're forgetting. Joe Flacco is cleared. <laughs> All right, hold on. You know what? Let me, let me take back everything I said. Let me take it back. Everything I said, we got Flacco back. So we got Flacco saying, back in the mix, guys. That that changes everything. And obviously, that hard-hitting interview we know with Senor, we know a lot of the details of his life now. And he raises he raises level up ever since he's been down there in Los Huevos. But going into this week, one thing that has to be concerning, no Crowder. Um, Crowder obviously didn't practice this week. He's not going to play. Ashton Davis hasn't practiced all week. George Fawn hasn't practiced. Frank Gore did not practice yeah. on Wednesday nope. or Thursday. Connor nope. McGovern... Didn't Alex. practice. See McClendon. See McClendon. Didn't practice. Said it's not injury related, but he didn't practice. Uh, Perryman. Quincy Wilson had a concussion. And then even guys that might play. I mean, Makai Beckham has a shoulder injury. Um, Chris Hogan has a rib. He, he limited in practice. So, I mean, just Mike, across the board, even though right. we already started with kind of a limited roster on offense when it comes to talent, tons of injuries. So, I mean, we try to get Sam a pass all the time in the offensive pass, but 
It just seems like you're going to have to really, really be perfect each week to score points with the type of offense they have. And going up against the Colts in that defense, which is a pretty good defense, you look for places, you look at their team, you look at our squad. Where's the ways we can move the ball? What can we do, even if we could score, even if we end up putting a couple touchdowns? We haven't been able to stop anyone on defense yet. And Minnesota has a much better defense than us, and they've really had their trouble with the Colts last week. So there's no reason for us to go into this game and feel good about it. We can, we're not going to lie to you guys. We're not going to lie to the AEBG universe. Uh, I don't feel good about it either, Mike. 11 points seems aggressive. Normally, when we see a number that's a double-digit number, you see one of the upper echelon teams versus scrub team. Obviously, we know where we rank in that equation. We're looked at as the bad team, but I just didn't think the Colts were at that level where they're going to be double-digit favorites over us. But those Vegas stat lines never lie. Insofar as kind of what public perception is, at least, people see us as the worst team in the league. That's where yeah, they see us. Where I power see this as the worst team. Not these power rankings don't matter at all. But and if uh, you know, Sports Illustrated Jets are the thirty-second ranked team. We are the worst team in the league right now. Yeah, we look like the worst team in the league. Our offense looks like the worst offense in the league. Our defenses look absolutely horrible. There's glimmers of hope. There's guys. Beckton's played great. We have, we try our best, guys, to pick out the things in the games for Jet fans to notice and be happy about. There's not a lot of them, Mike. It makes our job hard. When we come under every week, and for three years, we've just been miserable. And we're trying our best, and we're trying to put the best shows out. And yeah. we just want to change. We want to feel good about something. And as long as this coach is here, I just don't know if I'm going to feel that way, Mike. I agree. We got to wait it out. We got to wait. We got to wait for this nightmare to end. And, you know, I think my biggest fear is that somehow we catch fire and do well. And, and, you know, Chris Johnson thinks that Adam Gase is great and holds on to him for another year or something like that. Like, we got to get this guy out of here. And I don't care what has to happen. And, you know, if we're going to get another quarterback, so be it. If we're going to keep Sam, so be it. I just want Gase gone. And then we can reassess on what the next steps are. But against this Indianapolis Colts team. I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely feel that the Jets are going to get annihilated. They have the worst team in the NFL. Their defense is terrible. Their offense is terrible, like Keith just said, and they're banged up everywhere. And also, they quit. The but the, 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 Adam Gase doesn't. You know, last year there were stories about how when Sam got mono. He was just like, let's just push through this until Sam gets back. We have no chance on winning. Like, that, he didn't say that, but that was what was insinuated. And he just kind of gives up on games. You know, like him going for that field goal went down all those touchdowns. What are you doing? Let the quarterback, you're fourth down territory in within the 10. Let's, get, let's, let's let Sam try to score a touchdown. Take this as a learning moment. What are you doing? You know, his defeatist type attitude. His, he, he's just somebody who is wrong. And, um, you know, to, on Sunday, it's, it's unfortunate, but we're going to see. Nick, what do you think? You think Jets are going to take a loss? At this point, I, I don't see them winning the game, obviously. I, I don't know. With all, all the injuries that you guys have and everything that's going on right now, I just don't see it happening. I don't see them as an 11-point underdog. Uh, I mean, that that's a little, as you guys mentioned before, that's a little strange. That's odd. 
uh, maybe a little excessive in my opinion, but I, I just, I don't see it. Keith did mention before, Rivers is still accurate, still can get the job done. He's, he's got more than enough weapons there, so yeah. I think it's unfortunately going to be uh, another long afternoon or uh, a long day for the Jets. I'm a, I'm a new, I'm, Milano, I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Mets fan, Milano, and the Mets have been hurting me my entire life also in certain ways, and the Mets just got the greatest miracle in the history of our franchise, okay? The richest man in baseball will now own my baseball team, okay? Do you think that that's the only way the Jets get out of this? That we have some sort of miracle to get us out of this mess? I mean, what do you... What are you thinking right now? Well, I'm hope. Uh, what I'm hopeful for. So I there's you had mentioned the the worst case scenario is us catching fire. Like so, if you don't try before the game starts, don't have to ever worry about winning a game. Like so, they quit. They quit, like no one touched Mer- Mostert. So I mean, they quit before the game yeah. even started. So we don't have to worry about them winning any games as long as Adam Gase is a coach. So if he's, if they're 0 and 6, 0 and 7, honestly, I mean, do you guys feel any different after watching no. that game? No. So 0 6, 0 and 7, hopefully he gets fired, and then hopefully we can see what you got in Sam. Just like open the playbook up, see what you got. And if they win three or four games and you can't draft Lawrence because of it, then so be it. We got pieces. Yeah. Draft. You got two first round picks. You have a ton of cap space. Good on cap space. Bro, so like it's for cap space? Oh, they're set draft-wise and they got oh, everything that, that set. Way we're okay. So yeah. I the only so I'm I'm optimistic about next year. Like if you can just get but you have to figure out if Darnold's the answer or not. And the only way you can do it is you got to get Gase out of the way. Week 6 or 7 is my hope and then you'll see what you got. You know, and I was thinking too guys uh I, mean, I mentioned it earlier, but sometimes when there's like a sea of negativity, it's almost like the political news landscape now. There's so many stories on both sides of the aisle. It's hard to keep up. Things can kind of slip through the cracks, right? When Avery Williamson and McDougal came out and said, we don't practice well. And they said, you know, if you're not practicing well on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you're not going to win the game on Sunday. It kind of sort of went under the radar. You know, not too many people pay too much attention to it. Adam Gase didn't really have a comment for it. But these guys are, you know, Avery Williamson was on Tennessee for a long time. Bradley McDougal just came from the Seahawks. Teams that have had a decent run of you know, stability, you know, they're usually pretty decently run franchises. They probably still had a professional run team um, practices. And then they come here and it looks different to them. And they're like, oh, this doesn't, you know, we're not even practicing well. This is a team that can't even practice well. And we're worried about the game on Sunday. They can't they can't run plays in practice well when they're going against themselves. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. That's how bad the coach is. And we just went under the radar. You had two guys go, no, we don't even practice good. Like, when we know the plays we're supposed to do, we still stink. That's where we're at with our coach. And, and Chris Johnson, these guys are brilliant. When Adam Gage is like, yo, we're going to run an off-tackle left. And they know they're going to do it. I want to bang my head to the wall thinking about these things. But yeah, there's no reason to have optimism this week. And just like everyone else, I don't feel like we're going to come away with a W either. Um, I think we're going to go 0-3. I think it's going to be a long season, guys. Yeah, I do too. I agree with you guys. And I think we're in for a real long season here. There's one thing, though, Keith. If Gase does let go, like Milano has said, let's say let's say Gase is gone by oh, week that's six. Different. Oh, and that's five, different. right, right. And 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 what's his name takes over. And let's just say we get some of these cats back, and like Mims comes back week six, seven. Sam throwing tees. Oh, 
then we can get excited. I'll get real excited real quick. But it, so it's not impossible, but it is a lot. Well, that's the well, that's the thing. Long think about it. The the level of negativity and the the kind of the heartbeat of the fan base right now is just absolute doom and gloom. The the yeah. vibe of the fan base is just doom and gloom. The way people feel about Adam Gase, like Mike said, ninety seven percent of the fan base. You cannot get ninety seven percent of New Yorkers to agree on. Anything. anything in New York, most of the people listening to this show I know are from New York, or you don't live in New York and you're listening still. You know how it is. Go go anywhere we live. <laughs> Bring anything up. Ten people have ten different opinions, right? About the same thing. That's how people are where we live. But everyone can agree on one thing: Adam <laughs> Gates is the worst. I think, well, and it's and it's across the board too. You see it on social SI. You see it on NFL.com. You see it across all these different analysts. There's nobody. That backs this coach, even his own puppet masters in the media, who usually love to play his strings, they yeah. were destroying him. But I mean, 97%, that's aggressive. You're in Rich Cotite zone. That's where he's at, like I said last <laughs> week. And it's almost like we don't realize it because last year you see a record that says seven wins and nine losses. You finish six wins and two. And then you go, but wait a minute. Our offense was the worst in the league. And the only part of the team that was good is the part of the team that you literally said you have nothing to do with. The longer he's here, the worse it is for Sam. And the only way you turn this right this year and kind of right the ship this year when it comes to public opinion is to fire this dude. Everybody knows that. I'm not saying anything anyone doesn't know or any of the talking heads and media have said already. But if you do can him, you do bring Williams in, at least the, the, you get a shot in the arm. The fan base gets a shot in the arm. Things are going to be done differently. And that's right. all people want. The way things are be doing, being done now aren't working. They need to change. We all know that. The sooner they change it, the better. That's it for this week. Uh, week three coming up, man. Hopefully hopefully come away with a W. We'll see how that goes. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this week and listening. And, Mike, anyone does want to listen to us, support us, or get at us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? We're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, all those different platforms. Please follow us on Facebook at 8. EBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, the big singing Wookiee Nicholas Kronk, and the most miserable Jet fan in the world, Michael Milano. My name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everyone. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans, Jet fans Bird, Ray, Bird. very passionate. Bird, Ray, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans are very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't be the sucks. Don't be the sucks.